and welcome to the Common Good Podcast, the podcast that showcases the very best of Glasgow Caledonian University and how the institution, its staff and its research benefits people and communities, both at home and overseas. My name is Craig Telfer and today I am joined by Stephanie Pittacus, the Director of Recruitment and Admissions, to talk about her role within GCU and the wider work of her team. Steph, brilliant to have you on the show. Thank you very much for speaking to me today. Thank you so much for having me today, Craig. Now, I know this has been a very busy few weeks for your team, so I'm really chuffed you've been able to take some time out to have a chat with me. So tell me how it's going. Why is it so busy at the moment? Oh, well, it's definitely been incredibly busy. Um, it's been like that, I would say now, probably for the last three student intakes. Right, wow. um, I think this January intake is probably the busiest that we've seen in, in GCU history. Um, so it's it's definitely been quite a challenge, but also really exciting at the same time to see such interest, not just locally, Craig, but really across the globe mm -hmm. and internationally. We've really seen um, a lot of interest in, in the University of Glasgow and our campus. Why has there been such a spike this time compared to previous windows? So I think there's a few things at play here, and I think particularly um, given what's going on in the world recently, worlds have just aligned. It's a, it's a, I don't really know how else to explain it. So to give you a few examples, the pandemic happened. A lot of people suffered, careers suffered, and I think there was um, a lot of individuals out there who took quite daring move to retrain change career and go back out there into the world of work doing something completely different. So I think that's one main reason. I think the one of the other things that we've seen particularly is the importance of public health across the globe. And I think the pandemic has really shown this. And it's no surprise that, for example, our public health numbers across Glasgow and London have gone through the roof. It's a, a subject that's been in the public eye and there have been so many people gone, oh, I want to make a difference um, so that we never are in this pandemic situation ever again. Let's go and study with, with GCU. And I also think that our common good mission has just been so important mm -hmm. in, in how we've dealt with the pandemic, the way we've shown that we've dealt with the pandemic and our students and be under no illusion how much people you know, stand up and listen, Craig, to that and watch what's going on. Uh, and I feel quite proud of that on our university because I, I think listening to some of our students that wish to join us, um, our values and our integrity are, are some key, key reasons as to why they've decided to go with, with GCU. Are the public health courses, Steph, are they the most popular? Are they, are they the most ones that people are getting in touch with about or is it a whole broad spectrum across our offerings? It's actually a whole broad spectrum. I think perhaps public health has, has seen quite the spike in terms of its, its typical numbers, but I do think we've seen across our programmes and product offering, we've, we've seen a spike. And again, our programmes are, are really at the heart of what's going on in the world at the moment. And, and there is something there for, for everyone, whether that be international operations and supply chain, which has now changed completely in the world given the pandemic, um, whether it's retraining uh, back in the business world, if you were, for example, a creative that was self-employed during the pandemic and, and needed that year change, we really do have something for, for everyone. Mm -hmm. 
Is this the same thing that's happening across universities across Scotland, or is it just specifically within Glasgow Caledonia University? I think we've seen interest across Scotland and indeed the UK, Craig. I'm not sure every university has seen, well, not sure, I, I know, but not every university has seen similar increases that we have. Um, we have done particularly well in some of our key international markets, and I know from other universities, unfortunately, it's not the same story across the board. Well, certainly, that sounds good for Glasgow Caledonia University then, but what are some of the challenges then that come with dealing with such large volumes of applications? That's exactly it, Craig. The main challenge is, is the volumes, because ultimately, and what is what is very easy to forget when you're when you're dealing with such volumes, is that it's not a piece of paper. So if I can give you some stats off the top of my head, the trimester B January intake that we've seen over eleven thousand applications. And that's over eleven thousand people wishing to join the university, and the real challenge that we have faced is ensuring, is, is communication, making sure that they know that they're important to us, that their application is important to us. But we, as a university, we couldn't really bring every application into the university. There's no, it's just an impossibility. And I think that's that's been a real challenge. And then also ensuring that both our local students, but more importantly, our international students who have to go through a longer journey to yeah. get here, that they are not delayed as the delay at the start inevitably has a knock-on effect on, you know, when they register academic colleagues trying to kick off classes. So I, I know it's it's had knock-on impacts. Of course, we don't wish to be in this situation, but but the volumes are what they are. How on earth do you wade through 11,000 applications? How do you and your team do it? There's a huge, huge amount of effort and work and hours and overtime that goes into getting through every application that the university receives. Obviously there's applications unfortunately don't meet our deadlines and we can't uh, receive them and, and assess them. So what happens then in that situation, Craig, is that they're offered the next available intake and they're offered a priority, if you like, for the next available intake, which I think our applicants really appreciate. Applicants are dealt with as soon as they arrive. They're assessed on their merits, and each programme has its own set of entry criteria. So the application is assessed on the entry criteria for those on-time applications. That's typically how it works. So how many people are part of your team then? How many people do you have going through these applications? We have a lot of bodies at the moment helping the admissions efforts. The university has also been kind enough to give us some additional resource to help with the massive spike in applications that we've seen. The admissions team used to be split by level. It is now split by geography. So we've got a UK applications team that are working on our UK applications. We've got an international applications team. We now have a CAS, separate CAS issuing team. And we also have support staff from across the university who have particular talents that we're using, who we've drafted in to help with applications uh, as well, and helping with assessing of those conditional offers. Can we make them an unconditional offer? So there's a good, good number of people helping the efforts for, for these intakes. So how, how are some of the stresses then with your team that come with having to work through so many applications? So I think from uh, my team's 
perspectives, if they have a real sense of wanting to help our students that wish to join the university. And I think they just get this levels of anxiety when they can't help everybody and, and get back to everybody in a timely manner. Um, they want to be able to do more, but there's of course only so many hours mm-hmm. in the day that they can they can do what they do. So I, I know that that unnerves them a wee bit and they're like, Stephanie, oh goodness, um, feel really bad like rejecting this applicant or I feel bad like I won't be able to get to them today but I'll get to them tomorrow and it takes a lot of ownership and accountability for that bless them and yeah it's it's been again it's been so great to see that all the hard work. How do you maintain positive atmospheres in the team then if they've got this mountain of work to get through and it feels like there's no light at the end of the tunnel that that sounds a bit that sounds a bit doom and gloom that's that's not what I mean but you know what I mean there's a lot of stuff to get through how do you maintain a, a positive environment within the team? Don't worry, light at the end of the tunnel is a, is a common phrase uh, used within the efforts of, of the team at the moment. The, the real motivator that we hold on to, all of us, is you're making a difference in somebody's life. You know, particularly our international applicants, Craig, it's a big decision to up your life, move halfway across the world, um, invest in your future, not knowing that there's a guaranteed job at the end of it. And for a lot of our students, their families have put everything, and I mean everything, into this to send their son, their daughter across the world to study and learn and come back and make a difference in their, in their home country. And I think that to us in our directorate of recruitment and admissions is what we hold on to. Mm-hmm. We are trying in a little way, because of course we don't do the teaching, but in a, in a, in a real way, just trying to make their journey to us as smooth as possible. Um, now, granted that that has been challenging with the volumes that we faced the last few intakes, but I think that's our key motivator. What's some of the feedback you get then from the students that you've helped at the start of their journey? So feedback has been a little bit mixed for those that <laughs> obviously inevitably have faced delays and and you know, Craig, I, I really do understand a student's anxiety because as an international student, not only do you have to go through getting your offer, meeting your conditions of your offer, which actually is a journey where we use a lot of UK technical speak and trying to translate that internationally so they understand what's a conditional offer, what's an unconditional offer, what does pending an application mean? It's actually quite difficult. And then they have to go through that stage then beyond that, they have to get their CAS letter, confirmation of acceptance of studies, which is the kind of golden ticket to apply for their visa. Mm-hmm. Then they have to pay for their visa, apply for their visa, wait for their visa outcome, book their flights, book their PCR tests, book their accommodation. You know, there's so many other yeah. steps that they have to go through and so many opportunities for delay. They understandably get incredibly anxious. Positive feedback you get then, because if there might be the, as we mentioned earlier, some of the, the staff might be working through so many different applications, it might be easy to lose sight sometimes of, of, of the good work that you do do and the difference that you do make to, to people at the start of their journey. You got any positive stories that have come from, from the work that you and your team have been doing? So, so I do, I absolutely do, because obviously in, in the work and the world that we're in, when things come to my attention, it's always something's gone a wee bit wrong because you never hear about those that have that kind of smooth journey because they just fly under the radar, they, they go for it. And there's of them. Um, but I do 
do have students that regularly write to us to say, listen, we know how busy you are. And thank you so much for just taking the time to respond to me or picking up a phone call. I really appreciate it. I mean, we get loads of these, Craig. I think what has really brightened up these last few weeks and months and intakes is see with every application, students submit a personal statement. And that is essentially a story about them, who they are as a person. And of course, within the department, we're lucky enough to get to read these personal statements. So it, you know, it really jumps out at you that this isn't a piece of paper, this, this is a person. And reading some of them really does give you that little bit of boost sometimes that you need in your day-to-day. -day. And, and I've recently I've read a few and they've brought warmth, joy and happiness to my heart. What was it about these in particular, Steph, that jumped out and, and, and made you feel warm and, and happy within your heart? I just think it's they go into such detail about their lives and what they've done and what they've overcome and what they've achieved in order to get to the point of applying to university. And I think sometimes it's just that could be easily forgotten. I mean, some of the personal statements that, that I've read of late, it's really clear that families are putting everything, I mean, everything on the line to try and help support their son or daughter. I mean, one personal statement I read, I think it was, you know, my father's remortgaged to, to cover tuition fees and, and go, you go and make a difference and make a change in the world. And I just think that's so special to read. Do you ever feel under pressure reading things like that, that, that while we are dealing with someone who has had a lot of time and money invested in from their family, we really need to try and make this journey as smooth as possible to get them into the university, to get them the education that they're looking for? Huge pressure. I think with everything going on, that's probably at the top of my list. What I would say that we've tried to do in the last couple of intakes, given the volumes, as soon as we hit a point where we know that it's going to be really tricky for them to get here in time, get through their application, we really do try and tell them that at the earliest point. Because remember, they also have an opportunity and likelihood that they've applied to five other universities at the same time as us. So that's the thing that slightly alleviates that stress is that I know there's other opportunities and we try and communicate that to them as early as possible. But ultimately, my our role in the directorate is to get and keep happy as many of our applicants and turn them into students as, as possible, the ones that the levels that we can cope with. What happens then after January? Is it just the same thing keeps on happening year on year, just making sure that the students come in for, for, the, for the summer and for, for January, summer, January? Is, is that the, the way it works? That's right. So it's, a, it's almost a constant rolling cycle, in all honesty, um, Craig. So we're already open for 22, 23 applications. And we're already seeing them coming in thick and fast now. We've got some applicants that have opted not to join the January intake. They want to join September, so they'll defer their offer. But we're already seeing that interest. So as soon as we finish January, even now, we're straight into this, this next September intake. You enjoy your role at the university? I love it. I love it. Every day is different. Um, every day there's a new challenge. But every day we have new new students joining us and I, I think the last couple of intakes particularly we see so many that we've managed to help and bring into the university it's it's something that I hold on to and does does bring me a load of joy so yes I absolutely do love the job that I do. 
is you've got a long association with the university, Steph. You were a student here. You were the student president here. You've you've worked you've, you've worked and you're still working down in, in London. You talk us about your your journey through your time at Glasgow Caledonian University. So that you're right. I did my undergraduate here at Glasgow Caledonian University, and I genuinely mean this when I say it. I had such a wonderful student experience at GCU. I was I loved the program that I'd studied. I loved. The, the students association side of things I loved sport I played hockey for the university um, and it was just such a great experience which actually makes my job really easy in, with my recruitment hat on because um you know when I have that chat it's it's natural I, I I don't sell a university that I haven't attended myself so I find that very easy which is which is a good thing and then yes that's right I worked at the GCU London campus at the start my career uh, went away and now have been back as of the 15th of December I've been back three years at Glasgow Caledonian University which I can't quite believe it seems like six months but it's been three years back. Same I, I studied I did my postgraduate here in multimedia journalism so I'm coming up to I, I've been here over 10 years man and boy almost as it was uh, working with the university so yeah completely agree yeah it's a, a great place to great place to work and you're right in terms of like buying into its mission it's uh, sounds a bit trite and a bit schmaltzy to say but it really does uh, love its values I don't mind saying it really that. does and, and and it's it's an interesting term that you use there from um boy to, to man because it's our journeys are well quite similar because you studied here as well but, mm-hmm. but you almost grow up with the university and every time that I've been associated with the university, regardless of what it, what it is, it feels like you're coming back home in a way um, because you, there's so many familiar faces, you know, colleagues have known that I was a student from a, from a younger age and I'm getting older. Um, so yeah, it does feel a bit like coming back home. Excellent. Well, Steph, that was excellent. Really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much, Craig. I'd also like to thank everyone for listening to this episode and I hope you'll join us again next time when we'll be in conversation with another member of the GCU community. In the meantime, please subscribe to these podcasts. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and pretty much everywhere else, so there's no reason not to. Until the next time, I've been Craig Telfer and this has been The Common Good Podcast. Mm -hmm.